Welcome to Fox Trotting in a Foxhole, Season 2, Episode 12, Episode 44, overall. Okay, folks, well, gotta thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful theme song, helping out content creators across the world. Your faithful host, Kid Harlan here, Boom Talk Studios, a very overcast day. And Eugene, after it being so wonderful for the past couple of days, we were really blessed. But uh, just a reminder that we aren't quite springing it yet. Well, well, well. Got two podcasts coming this week. Sports-related podcasts as well. This one and uh, a conversation that was so good with my good friend and friend of the show, J.K. the Corner Man, that we are just going to turn that into its own podcast episode. So along with this one, we will also get number 45 also this week. So double the delight. You know, right? Don't want to put something together like I did in the beginning where some of these episodes run two and a half, three hours. Someone sees that, they get intimidated and don't want to listen to it. So we break these contents down in reasonable chunks. Maybe we'll get more people to tune in because that's what we want. All righty. Well, let's not waste too much time. You know where we're heading. The COVID Chronicles. Well, 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 you know that guy, that funny looking, you know, see it all blown up, still on the Peloton, still, you know, eating the cream and clear and hanging out at the nightclubs, at the stadiums, still causing trouble. And while we've seen some significant hints that normalcy is around the corner, you know, there are some super reminders, and that's why we still have this segment in this podcast. And, of course, the Final Four, you know, one of the big stories over the past week, that an indie fan uh, contacted the virus, you know, attended the tournament, he contacted the virus and died over the weekend. He's only 23. No uh, prior uh, existing health conditions, from what I understand. I could be wrong about that, but that's what I've been told. So... You know, I wasn't, the crowds were, you know what I mean, what would I say, we weren't nearly at the capacities we were about to see here in the next, you know, three to the six weeks. And yet, you still have somebody coming away, getting very ill, and ultimately dying, which is just so much, so, so unfortunate in our, our thoughts and prayers, and uh, go out to his family, you know, the Bama campus, all that, all those sort of things. You know, you don't expect to, to go on a, trip of a lifetime, you know, seeing your boys and catch this nasty stuff and come away with something like that. So it's a terrible thing. And, you know, uh, uh, getting away from that, I mean, what's going on with the Canucks? They're on, they're on pause right now. Not sure they're going to return, but they have 21 players who've tested positive for COVID-19 you know, and obviously are in the NHL's quarantine health safety protocols. But 21 players... You know, this is a point where people are getting vaccinated, we've been doing smart things, and pretty much the whole team has it. You know, I've talked about, you know, with the problems with PSG, and I'll bring that up a little bit later. But 21 players. League's very concerned by this, but they're very hopeful that the team will be able to complete the 56-game schedule. Right? Not going to get, you know, jolly Joe judgmental as far as the how and the what, but it's just really disturbing at a point where, you know, people are getting fully vaccinated, things are opening back up, and yet you've got 21 people who've tested positive on the Vancouver Canucks. 
Now, we had an interesting thing, you know, speaking of the ice, uh, the Stars coach, bonus, pulled from a game after a positive test is registered. Problem is, he was fully vaccinated. And sure enough, it turned out to be a false positive. Good for him, you know, because that would be a total buzzkill. The Nats are having issues. Their opening day was scratched. In fact, the first series is basically, you know, we thought the next series would be off, but I think they're going to play a doubleheader and the Nats are finally ready to move forward. And that matter of fact, they were on TV yesterday, so I can verify that. Didn't update my outline. Now you can't get it all right. Then we have North Korea saying they're going to forego participating in the 2021 Olympics because of concerns over COVID-19. Well, do we, you know, North Korea is North Korea. Okay, I'm not going to even, you know, try to be Einstein and, and break that one down. You know, other than it being North Korea. My question is, will other countries follow suit when it was we get closer? You know, we've already talked about the organizers wanting to spend a billion and then the decision to basically ban outsiders from attending. So, yeah, a lot of things going on in the Olympics that, you know, we really need to break the magnifying glass out and start taking a look at as we get closer. And we will do that here at FTI and FX. Um, on the flip side of that, when we talk about, well, wait a minute, let me just go through the, globally what's, what's still happening, right? And we talk about the beautiful game because, as you know, we give – Soccer or football proper, as I like to call it. We give it its just due on this podcast as we try to make it complete of a distillation of things as we can. We had, we had a Juventus defender, Leonardo Bonucci. He tested positive. And then we have the club, Weston McKinney, the U.S. phenom. He was suspended for being caught at an event, not wearing a mask and violating the team's health and safety protocol. And so, come on, Mr. McKinney, you can be better than that this time. You know, we're getting close. Don't be reckless. You know, as I said, your teammates got it, and it's a mess. And you, like we talked about just a second ago with the Canucks. Don't be silly. And the U.S. women's national team, Katarina Beccario, she's ruled out for the upcoming friendly because she just tested positive. And then, like I said, with my club, PSG, as somehow... Marco Verratti has tested positive again, and that is a third time. He missed the match today against Bayern. Yeah. And you had Real Madrid's defender, Rafael Varane. He's out for a while. He's out as well for a while after testing positive for COVID-19. Crazy stuff, folks. You know, it's still hanging around here. <coughs> now, let's go to something positive. Or not, depending on how you perceive this. But what'd you think about the Rangers opening that homestand? There were like 40,000 people since uh, MLB's given us the, you know, extra innings package or whatever it's called, you know, free for a week. A lot of us got to tune in. And what did we see? Saw a lot of people without masks. I know it's Texas and I know it's Florida. We're not going to get into that debate, you know, about how, the, the response to the pandemic and opening things up down there are, that's just whatever. You know, the data says a lot of things. But I guess I was more, 
alarmed that I was optimistic seeing all the fans out there. Maybe if they'd all been masked up. But the number of people not masked up in close proximity kind of gave me the eebie-jibbies. I gotta be serious, you know, right? It's just sort of like, mm, you know, is it sure this is a good idea? But things are going forward, you know? And, you know, that's one of the interesting things, you know, because it, it varies. You, in California, you know, they're about to allow, you know, 20%. And I told you that number is going to keep rising. In fact, Governor Newsom just said, if things all go well, if the numbers keep trending down, maybe California can be back to normal by June 15th. I mean, that's outdoor stuff, like, you know, right? And I, I truly see that, although there are disturbing trends out there that suggest maybe we are going too fast. You know, I sound like a broken record here because I'm always talking about, well, we'll know in this three-week window, you know, when the data comes in. Well, I really feel in this particular window was spring break and people at stadiums again because pretty much every team in MLB is letting some fans in. We're going to get a good idea whether or not, you know, we are starting to beat this back and going, you know, forward with opening things back up is actually a sane move, you know, for economic and mental health reasons for everyone. I don't know. I mean, so far, you know, it seems to be going well. But I also laugh when people talk about things indoors, right? You know, like, like, like somebody was telling me the Lakers have a plan to, like, let limited fans, and, like, it's going to be 50 in the beginning. I'm like, 50 people? I'm like, what do you got to be? Like, in the mob? You got to be, you know, a Kardashian? I mean, how are they going to determine what 50 people, and as I've always brought up when you're talking about these paltry numbers, what are you going to charge them? The Rock of Gibraltar and a quarter of Fort Knox to get in? I mean, how is that exactly going to work? This is all about generating some kind of revenue. I mean, because those numbers just, I don't know. But I'm looking forward to it. I know that's a big conversation because as I've talked about on this show plenty of times, you know, how I'm a big LAFC fan. Dolly Dolly Black and Gold. And they can have full capacity in the bank. Because I can said, this is better. I mean, people, this is all they live for. I mean, I know I'm being a little bit harsh on, on my brother, Black and Gold brothers and sisters, but it's true. If you follow social media, yeah, I mean, this is all I've heard. Why can't we do we have everybody at the bank? And, you know, it does bring up that question again. You know, it'll come up repeatedly in this podcast and the other one I'm doing this week. The vaccine passport. You know, pretty much it looks like we're not going to have those. But how sane is it not to be in a situation like Bank of California situation with vaccinated people and non-vaccinated people in close proximity and given the emotion, the beer showers? Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of curious and we're going to deal further into this once we have more data from this past week and this upcoming week as far as what's actually going on inside these venues and how that's going to change over the next three to six weeks. And on the last point, well, NBA says they expect full houses for the 2021-22 season. So given how this season has started, we'll assume that they're going to probably make starting at Christmas a permanent thing. Sure actually went well, I think, you know, other than the fact that push these guys back too soon, but, you know, that's another point we'll talk about later. Um... Yeah, I think that's reasonable, and I can see that. Although, you know, when it comes to indoors, I'm still, you know, a little bit iffy you know, how you can do that. But we'll see. I mean, 
right? There's a UFC event coming up in Florida next month that's going to have 18,000 people. So, you know, <laughs> we're going to learn here pretty quickly. All right, folks, that was a very fun segment. I'm going to get myself an adult beverage and come back, you know, and get my cool gear on, and we're going to go take a 43,000-foot view above campus. See you on the other side. All right, welcome back to episode 12, season two, Fox trying to get a foxhole. Some serious drama here as the Philadelphia Union is hanging on to a narrow 1-0 lead. We are in stoppage time in the 93rd minute. So can the Union continue MLS's strong run in this competition? We'll be talking a little bit more about that in a few minutes. In the meanwhile... Let's get our sunglasses, let's get our adult beverages, let's get our cool gear together, fancy clothes, hop on our Gulfstream 550, because we go going to take a 43,000 foot view above campus. As always, a lot going on on campus. Well, well, well. So, in this ongoing story that we've been following since episode one, the athletes wanting cash one way or the other. If not to get straight cash, homies, at least get compensated for their likeness. And they have asked, the athletes last week asked Mark Emmert for a waiver so they could go ahead and, and make NIL deals, which is basically likeness deals, while negotiations are being continued for a permanent solution. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, as I said from day one, this isn't going away. You know, from what I understand, it was kind of like, you know, Mr. Emirate, soft pellet like we thought he would, but it's not going away. And I, I don't know, you know, right, how this is going to play out. Because, you know, when it comes to equality, um... Keeping the, the keeping the sharks from having a field day. There's just so many things here that can go wrong, you know. And I think put the validity. Oh my, we have ourselves quite a little scrum going out here, fist and cuffs at the end of this Philadelphia Union Spartan game. Even a few haymakers flying here. Sorry to get distracted as I look up here, but it's getting very ugly. We'll have to see how that plays out. But anyway, okay, but I just, you know, the Pandora's box, and we're going to have, you know, I'm probably going to get uh, my man Alec here and a few other people, we're going to have a discussion about this here soon, you know, maybe just have a a companion podcast to this one, you know, I, there's a lot of things to unpack here, right, I don't, how do I put it this way, and I've kind of been this way years ago, you know, I've talked about, you know, I wanted to make a documentary about this, Universities make too much money. You know, where it becomes exploitation and what is, you know, they're worth one-to-one -one versus everybody else on campus. There's a lot. Of, it's just not straight as, well, yeah, they should get paid because the universities make too much money off of their labor. That's far more complicated than that. And 
You know, how do you keep the the, the strong and well-funded from completely stopping mid-majors and smaller schools out of existence? Right? It's just not as simple as they people want to make it. You know, when I see the Jay Billises and all these other all these other former jocks that you know didn't get their crumbs when they played. You know, when they when they start browbeating folks. You know, and you know, I, and I have always said a million times, nobody's putting a muzzle to your face and saying, you better come play for our university or we're going to torture your family. It ain't like that. And so stop making it like that, people, in, in terms of that, you know, browbeating us with this message is going to, like, push those of us that were still sitting on the fence. And, you know, I, admit, I really am still sitting on the fence on this one. But anyways, let's move on. Big news with our man Roy Williams retiring. Very classic act. Stint at, at uh, Kansas and then coming back to, you know, his roots. Brought some hardware. Produced some great pros. Always a class sack. Roy, you've, you've earned, you know, a wonderful retirement. Good dude. There's a big uh, discussion on who should replace him. And you... Didn't have to wait long as the Tar Heels reached out with one of their own longtime assistant and sometimes ESPN guy Hubert Davis was tapped to replace Roy. Could it be interesting to see a brother down there in Tobacco Road, Chapel Hill? Good luck. You're going to need it. You know, hopefully the fans are patient with him and that uh, Mr. Davis brings the Tar Heels back to prominence sooner than later. If it's, if it's later, well, we know how that's going to play out. Speaking of the, the whole Williams connection, our man in Lawrence, Mr. Bill Self, he signed a lifetime deal, so he's cold chilling. Sure, he had a few adult beverages. Sure, he's thinking about what happened in the tournament, but yes, he's got a lifetime deal to remain coach of the Jayhawks. And what's really not a shock, well, Sean Miller, uh, uh, sources say, is out finally it, at University of Arizona. You know, since 2017, there's been a cloud over him and several coaches, including the including my coach at Cal State Northridge, Mark Godfrey. Don't know how he still has a job either, but the, there was talk that he was going to get an extension, but I think the Board of Regents turned it down, just saying there's too much stink on that poo-poo. And so, yes, Arizona is just washing their hands and trying to move forward. Pretty sure they're going to bring in a good guy, to, and they'll be a force in the Pac-12. You know, Pac-12 had a great run in the tournament, obviously, as everybody knows. And another interesting coaching story, University of Cincinnati's coach, John Brannan, has been placed on leave after six players entered the transfer portal because they said, basically, the guy's a jerk and, and no longer want to be around him. Well, props to the university for, like, saying, you know, we're... We're not going to necessarily fire you yet, but we're going to look into this and find out why, which I always think discussion is because you never know if you're dealing with a bunch of prima donna athletes or you're dealing with one of these jerk coaches that probably, in this day and age, as we bring up all the time on this podcast, can't wait to see what the story is here. Flip side to that, Eastern Tennessee. Their, coach, their player said their coach was forced to resign because he supported them kneeling during the national anthem. You know, he said all the right things, but the players aren't having any of it. Players are basically just saying, nah, man, 
he got ran because he supported us. Well, well, well. If that's true, that's not not good for you, ETSU. I'm sure there's always more to it, but in this day and age, nothing like that surprises me. But that's too bad. Definitely tell you if we find out any more about that. Let's move on to some more positive things as far as the hardware goes. I see that Iowa's Garza takes the AP Player of the Year in the Wooden Awards on the women's side. I see Biggers takes the Wooden Award. I think Nadisa uh, Smith took the AP, I believe. Let's get to the hardware. So we finally get to the Final Four. So had, on the women's side, we had a all-pack 12 final. Stanford and Arizona met. Um, you know, Arizona, very emotional after dispatching the vaunted UConn, taken down by man Gino. Maybe a little bit over-exuberant, over but what can you say? You take down a giant like, like Gino, and you were disrespected in the way the Lady Wildcats were. Yeah, let them blow some steam off. You know, and but in the end, Stanford survives Arizona in a game that wasn't necessarily aesthetically pleasing, but was fun to watch. Stanford gets back to the throne first time since 1992. Congratulations, Tara. It's been a long time coming. Good for that program, good for the West Coast. West Coast hasn't got any love, you know, with the Yukons and Tennessees and on and on. But great job, Lady Cardinals, national champions. Then we get to the men. Well, you know, Baylor and the men's semifinal thumped Houston. And that should have given everybody a clue as to what could happen. Then we have Gonzaga and UCLA. Well, it was a great thriller. In fact, it was such a thriller that people started rewriting the history books. How many people tweeted or got on social media, that was the greatest game ever, the most exhilarating... Yeah, it was a fantastic game. What a great shot to sit it into overtime. It, you know, it just all, I mean, to win the game. I mean, it just, yeah, it was a great game. I mean, I thought that UCLA played with a lot of grit and heart, represented the Pac-12 well. The Sags definitely showed why this was possibly going to be their moment. And, then, you know, what a finish. But come on, people, stop being a prisoner of the moment. Prisoner of the moment, I should say. Let, let the air, you know, let the room air out for a day or two, right? And, you know, start to get a clear head. I think it's up there. You know, I, my, it probably will be in the top 10, but, you know, there's plenty of moments, at least in all the time I've been watching the college tournament, which is, you know, pretty much like the last four or five decades, you know, or so. Wasn't the greatest, you know. F-T-I-N, F-X at Gmail. It, tell me what you think. The greatest college game is, the greatest moments. And it was fun to watch. Unfortunately, when we get to the final, as I said, Baylor just beast. Yeah, that's what I said, beast. And if you think I'm saying it in a derogatory way, forget about it. This was just, like I said, they just beasted Gonzaga. Simple as that, you know. The physicality there, you could see a West Coast Conference team against a team that had, in the... <clears throat> like Baylor, you know, coming from the Big 12, the resources that some of these schools that were very successful, just how strong these guys are compared, I mean, it just, they bowled them over. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of times where the Zags, you know, gave you a twinkle, but 
for me, it was it was over pretty quick in the beginning. And I just thought that, you know, this team is a stronger, faster, not shocking. First time they've won it since 1948, I believe. First time they've been in it, the Final Four since 1950. Congratulations, Baylor. You were the better team. You deserved it. End the story. You know, we got to give some props, really, you know, to, to the NCAA for pulling off a successful season in tournament. There was a lot of hiccups, a lot of things that went wrong, could have been worse. Somebody got through it and put on a very quality tournament in season. And you think that fans of college basketball came away satisfied. Nothing tainted about this. You know, we saw all of us on the West Coast saw the teams really perform well. You know, they walk away very optimistic of the future. The Blue Bloods got a little comeuppance, which is also good for the haters and gives them motivation. I think that we're looking at a prosperous time for college basketball moving ahead, aside from the whole, you know, pay issue, which is going to get worked out one way or the other. So, yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now we're going to move on to, you know, looking at some of the spring sports and seeing the cost, the 43,000 foot view become like 21,000 feet while we wait for college football to return in the whole cycle to like re restart itself again. But yeah, this has been real fun covering college basketball. And like I said, I can't say enough about the NCAA having a successful men and women's campaign. Division one, two, three, fantastic stuff. All right, folks. Another fun segment. We are going to cut away here, and we will be back with some more fox trotting in a moment. Welcome back to Fox Trading on Foxhole, Season 2, Episode 12. Well, 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 well. Let's talk about, what is it? Something you should probably know, or just a window into the world of sports. The sports that we normally don't think about, and just newsworthy things that happen away from the clubs and on the field. Let's start off with my man, Money Green. You know, that guy, Draymond. He's always good, you know, for a laugh here or there. So I'm just getting a text. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about the show. Some of the friends of the show, while I'm doing this, the ongoing discussions that we have that help shape the show, I'll, I'll get a text, and it's just funny. Anyway, let's get back to Money Green, Mr. Draymond. Well, he set off a firestorm. Now, him and Megan are going at it because he basically said... He just wishes people would shut the hell up about equal pay. Well, Draymond, there's two things here. You shouldn't have said it, but you're not necessarily wrong. And before people start screaming at me, being misogynist and things like that, I've long held, and I've talked about this before, as I've said, title lines a good thing, but you do run into problems if your sport doesn't generate the revenue. Now... Megan R, you can tell me all you want about you all you girls ball. 
And you have a legitimate argument, as I've said all along, when it comes to the men's national team. But let's not talk about the club level, because you all don't generate that kind of revenue. And when it comes to, like, the WNBA, are you kidding me? There isn't, I mean, tell me somebody in the WNBA, eh, you know, Sue Burns or somebody like that. Still, on the level, I'm not, I'm not even thinking about our elite players in, in the game. I'm thinking about somebody mid-level. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just not going to happen, okay? You, you don't have the ratings. You know, when the, when you get to a point where you're not being subsidized by the NBA to, to, to stay afloat and Disney and other people pitching in to give you a a, a, a very fair rate, I said, I'm not craving that you shouldn't be arguing for it. I just don't think it's realistic. Dray, Draymond, the way he went about it, and she called him an ass, you know, and... He could he shouldn't have said it. But the fact is, we have to have an honest conversation about this. I've said this a long time, you know, and that's always been the weird thing about Title IX, especially when you talk about Power Five conferences where it's strictly about revenue. Why you're in that? When you're when you're actually in the business of it, as they say. You know, yeah, this is gonna be another one of those, but. I think if we have an honest conversation, you know, I don't know what the ratio should be. But all I, but once again, I, I come from the school of thought. If you're able to generate revenue, then you get the set the terms. If you're not generating that kind of revenue, you cannot expect equal of somebody who is. You know, simple simple stuff, folks. Then we have Mr. Paul Pierce. Formerly of the Boston Celtics, Brooklyn Nets, and now ESPN, and now just another fool. Well, I don't know if you want to call him a fool, but once again, you work for Disney, and you're on Instagram posting live video, live streaming, of you and your homies all butted up, hanging out with strippers, twerking. Well, then you've got people, well, gee, well, homie does on your own, on his own time is his business. Sure, but there are <laughs> conduct clauses when people sign these contracts, especially people on TV destroying the brand. And that you've got these fools out here thinking this is another race thing. No, this isn't a race thing. Most of us, if we do stupid things, our boss sees that they can terminate us. And especially when you're a public figure as, as Pierce is. I mean, he doesn't seem to be too broken up about it, but the idea people are, are, are surprised by this. You know, Hobie made a lot of money, so I doubt he's going to starve. And I'm sure since he pulled this off, just like, you know, Holly Sanders and her little porn act on fans only, I'm sure Paul will find very lucrative ways to make money now that he's pulled this off. I don't think uh, Paul's going to suffer. But come on, dude. Really? Okay. U.S. is considering boycotting the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. What will be the ramifications down the road if the U.S. decides to go this route? Well, you know, we do have the World Cup coming to this hemisphere. That could be a big deal. And sure, that pissing China off, and China did come out and say and threatened us, saying you better not boycott this. This is going to be a story we'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, the other big controversy, 
going on, you know. And I think this is things tied together. But we'll first start off with the silent, the, the silent one, Mr. Jordan Spieth, getting back in the winning circle, winning the Valerio Open down there in Texas. His win, first win since 2017. Is he a favorite to win at Augusta, which is starting tomorrow? Or who do you think walks away with it? Brooks Kepka's healthy enough. I see that he'll be there. Mr. Long, Bryson DeChambeau? Or will Dustin repeat? It's kind of going to be fun to see the Masters again in such a short window since, since it just seems like we were watching it five minutes ago since it was in the fall. Starts tomorrow. Good to see that Lee Elder is going to be one of the starters along with Jack Nicholas and Gary Player. Good to see Augusta. So speaking of um, Augusta, the interesting decision to ignore calls to move the event or postpone it after the controversy, which we'll get into in depth in our, ne in our next piece. But there was calls after Georgia and its governor enacting these voting laws that some fill um, our voter suppression. Don't want to get into that. You want to watch somebody, you want to get in those details. Another, there's plenty of podcasts that are covering that one. We try to stay away from it. All we know is that it's a firestorm as far as like we've been talking about way before the Georgia Senate races were even a issue. There's a lot of things going on down there and sports connected to it. Just starting with the WNBA players activism. Well, you know, there was a lot of thought that, you know, when MLB made its decision, like I said, I'll get into that in a second, that pressure would come down on Augusta and that Augusta would, would be forced to cave in. I said it last week, and I've said this all along. That ain't happening, right? I mean, Augusta dances to its own tune. I thought, you know, the chairman came out and tried to put his best spin on it. I don't think anybody, the social justice warriors on Twitter ain't going to buy it. But, you know, he came out and said, you know, he's against these new laws and that more discussion needed to be had and that, you know, it, it would hurt more people than it would do good. And I think you're starting to see a lot of pushback against that. And we'll get into that in a second. But what I really am trying to say without rambling, remember, you know, Augusta has gone through these controversies before. And, you know, remember when it was like 56 minutes of no commercial? I think it's probably still there. Remember there was no commercials? Right? I mean, they did that for a while, back in the old Hootie days. Um, all right. Gus is having it tomorrow. Isn't it cool that EA Sports, you know, I talked about how happy I was that Tiger was, the Tiger Woods franchise was coming back. Well, they just dropped this morning that there's going to be the EA Sports Road to Masters game coming up. I'm so excited about this. I'm telling you, and when I saw that, hopefully... They don't turn it into a bunch of micro transactions and, you know, that you basically have to, like, give the Rock of Gibraltar to have a good game experience. Hopefully they do this right, and it's a good game. All right, so let's go to, let's, let's move to, to MLB part of what I was just talking about. So the big news, aside from, you know, baseball full swing, is MLB pulling its all-star game from Atlanta. You know, as we talked about, the, with, with these laws that many feel are going to suppress voting. And like I said, you know, people can argue about that all day long. That's not for me to determine. I don't live in Georgia. That's why I live in Oregon. But that said, you know, games are, the plans now are the games going to be played never. Interesting thing about that is the commissioner has a membership of Augusta in the state of Georgia. Is he going to forgo his membership? That tournament, as I just talked about, is moving forward. 
Uh, a lot of people feel it was a knee-jerk reaction. Some people are applauding this. A lot of people are applauding this. But, you know, it's kind of interesting to see the president come out, you know, strong at first, but now kind of saying that taking away these events from communities, taking the revenue there, is setting a dangerous precedent. Duh! Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be the high moralist on these things. You know, that's not my job here. This is to discuss and invite discussion, ftinfx at gmail.com. If you have an opinion, please send. Love to hear from you. But yes, my, my take on this is more discussion, less knee-jerk reactions. You know, you can't argue with that, you know, some of the activism that came out, that started with the WNBA players, that you're not going to give them all the credit, but they, they put a major role in the Senate races, as you know, Loeffler was, was the acting senator in Georgia. So it's one thing to, to, to applaud that, but the other, the other to have companies like MLB, Delta, and Coca-Cola make these knee-jerk reactions instead of taking a few minutes and having some, having some worthwhile discussion. Not saying that in the end, going with a boycott's a, a, a wrong thing, but let's have some more discussion, because it looks like, in baseball's case, Manfred didn't talk with his owners about this, didn't consult him, just sort of went with, you know, the, the pressure that was coming from, you know, all the talking heads and, you know, the social justice warriors on the internet and all that kind of stuff. In the end, it might be the right thing to do. But there should be more discussion before you impact communities. And, you know, you know, and taking it from Atlanta, where which is 51% black, to Denver, which does not have that many black people, if that's what you're trying to do, especially that the highlight was to celebrate Hank Aaron and other African-American achievements and on and on and on. You know, the, the, the die's been cast, but let's hope moving forward that when, the, when it comes to, like, trying to make a statement, have enough discussion, and bring everybody into the discussion as well. That would be my way of going about it, you know. And in the end, you may come to the conclusion that taking an event like the All-Star Game away from a city like Atlanta is the right thing to do. But just stop making a knee-jerk reaction. Well, well, well. Away from all of that, some transactions. We see that Mr. Lindor signs a 10-year, $341 million deal with the Mets. Well, I told you, Mr. Cohen ain't playing around. So if the Yankees are going to spin their wills, maybe we can seize the heart of Gotham. Could be interesting to see about that. Opening day, what do you think about the bizarre Dodger opener? Right? That whole I mean, you know, guy goes yard. Well, goes well. Hits a deep ball, bounces up the guy's glove, and, and ends up being a homer. But since <laughs> Turner passed him, he's called out. Dodgers end up losing that opener, but have looked pretty good ever since. Oral Hershiser was sparkling. Oral Hershiser, listen to you, <laughs> Clayton Kershaw. Why well, I said Oral Hershiser because because when I was writing this up, there was this great comparison of. Hershiser's best years versus Kershaw, right? This big debate of is Kershaw like the greatest Dodger pitcher ever, which caused people to sort of like come out of their tree, like, going, excuse me, Sandy Kopacks and on and on. But anyway, Kershaw looked good. The Dodgers were looking good in uh, their defense of the crown that they just won. Uh, 
The Bo Sox are off to a very slow start again. Are they picking up where 2020 left off? Something out of the gate. Kind of strange to see that. Astros, now that their fans are back in the stadium, you know, some of the, the props that people are coming up with are pretty creative and kind of funny. Point there is the Astros are getting no, no love. No love whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, and you know, it's it's well-deserved. Uh, you know, right? I, you know, cheating. And I'm glad to see the fans are letting them know it and not giving them a pass. Um, one other thing, which I thought was kind of funny, all the discussion about the Twins manager, uh, Rocco Badilli pulling out Jose Barrios after six no, six no-hit innings, 12 Ks, 84 pitches. He's obviously, obviously on a pitch count, causing people to say, come on, baseball, stop with this nonsense. If the guy's going for a no-hitter, let it let it happen. You know, these moments are precious. But I also understand, you know, wanting to protect folks. But people say, if you, want to, if you want to protect people, stop having them pitch so many innings when they're younger. <laughs> Funny to see all the discussion that went along with that. Had our first suspension as the Reds' Nick Castellanos got two games for his role in the brawl with the Mets on Saturday. Thought it was cool to see... Uh, Former Dodger catcher standout and angel manager Mike Sosha be tabbed to manage Team USA as they try to get a qualifying spot in the upcoming Olympics. I'm sure with uh, Mike running the show, I think it's in good hands. Best of luck to you and the boys. Hopefully you can bring the gold medal back. Quick look at the NHL. Power rankings over there. Kind of a big shakeup this week. You got the Avs on top now. You got followed by the Florida Panthers, the Capitals, Carolina at four, and then the Champs, who've been one for a while, are at five, and the Vegas Golden Knights fall out of the top five. And oh yeah, the Sabers are the Sabers are still losing. Winless streak is now at eighteen. Ooh, what a mess that is! All right, folks, we will be back with some NBA beat on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Running of the Foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan here. Getting the weekly dive of the world of sports. Bringing it to you. One of two podcasts this week. So, we got the NBA beat. Let's start out with the NBA fighting Kevin Durant and the response. Well, his response, personally, I thought was pretty weak. And then we had Michael Rappaport come on undisputed, all crying. I mean, general consensus is, you know, Rappaport was in the wrong for sharing his DMs. But Rappaport clapped back saying, hey, when you start saying you're going to spit in my face and talk crap about my wife, when we ain't homies, that ain't cool. So you make the call, ftinfx at gmail.com. Of course, a lot of people are saying, well, Miles Leonard got ran out of the league, and yet Durant gets a $50,000 fine. The fines were the same. But put it this way, you slap KD's wrist because KD's KD. Miles Leonard, tough player, but, you know, you could live and die without him. Cool thing to say. Not necessarily that I agree with it 100%, but that's the scenario, folks. <laughs> and I know that a lot of 
for you know the Elk Kick crowd, uh, you know, calls the hypocrisy. But it's always been the star treatment. I mean, after all, how could someone like LT just basically be a degenerate and basically always get a pass? Because he's LT. Because having him on the field always gave you a chance to come over with the W. And any team that has KD, when he's healthy, and speaking of, that's starting to become a major problem. In fact, Stephen A. Smith says that he feels if KD doesn't get healthy, now Harden's going to be out for 10 days as well, Brooklyn ain't winning. He doesn't even think Brooklyn gets past the 76ers. What do you all think? F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com if you've got an opinion. I kind of feel the same thing, you know, is that if they can be healthy, they're, they're very formidable. But it all goes back to this very short window that we had, especially the teams that actually played deep in the playoffs, you know, with, El- with the injuries to LeBron and, and AD for the Lakers. You know, and all throughout the league, it's starting to take its toll. You know, I mean, part of it is, you know, folks cleverly load-managing folks, but some of these major injuries to some of these stars. Hopefully, you know, when this season's over, we have a adequate break, so, you know, we don't have to have this particular discussion because uh, it, it's definitely a mess, and right now, you look at Brooklyn and they and the Lakers, we're not sure these guys are going to be able to come back. And if they don't, the Lakers will not get out of the West, and neither will Brooklyn get out of the East. That's just the way it goes. They're going to have to be healthy. Uh, power rankings right now, we've got the Jazz, Brooklyn, 76ers, Suns and Bucks. That's your top five. What's up in the Bay? The Warriors have lost 7 out of 9. They got a big win last night, taking care of the Bucks. Big win, but... Before that, are they even going to make the playoffs? Right now, I'm sort of I'm sort of leaning to where, yeah, you know, Curry can have his games and the support the boarding cast, but in general, my gut feeling is they ain't going to be there. Um, speaking of the Lakers, they got Andre Drummond, and of course, he got injured in his first game with them. Got his toenail ripped off. Hasn't played since. Missed the beat down by the Clips, but the Lakers get a big win in a very ruckus affair in Toronto where my man Montez was thrown out of the game last night. I think it's kind of funny, speaking of, of Torres and Drummond, that Marcus All is complaining about his new role. Well, gee, homie, step up, and you'll get more minutes and a more defined role. This is all about report, re- repeating, not about massaging your feelings. You should have known that when you decided to put the purple and gold jersey on. Just saying. And across the hallway, does the Clippers acquiring playoff Rondo and now Boogie Cousins give them the depth to incent the Lakers if they're healthy and the other teams in the West and actually live the lofty expectations? On paper, I guess. But, you know, when it comes to the Clippers, I'm one of these people that, you know, sorry, Clip City, I'll believe it when I see it. You have a differing opinion? F-T-I-N? F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. We saw Kyrie drop 40 in a win against the Knicks. I mean, you know, KD's set to return, but once again, Harden's out, as I just said. Um, you know, we also had Luka dropping 31 to cool off the Jazz as the Jazz had another impressive streak going there. What was that, nine in a row? So... 
A lot of stuff going on on the hardwood. Let's flip over to see what's happening over on the pitch. There's all sorts of crazy stuff going on there. Uh, Sunday, we had in Spain, La Liga, where all the wacky stuff seems to happen when it comes to people being out of line with the racist nonsense. Valencia players walk off the pitch to support their player, Mokhtar Diakbe, after racist taunts from a Cotis player. A lot of controversy there because a lot of folks feel they shouldn't have returned to the pitch, but I guess the deal was that La Liga was going to deduct them three points and you know other sanctions, so Diakbe was put in the awkward position of urging his players back on the pitch. Because he said, I mean, he was subbed off because I think he was way too distraught to continue. A lot of people feel that Valencia should have just stayed off the pitch because the only way we're going to stop this racist crap from happening on the field is to, to make a strong so solidarity and walk off in these things and force these leagues and clubs to do something about you know this disgusting behavior. Um, you know, I tried, I weighed in a little bit on this. You know, I, I do feel that folks kind of feel like, well, I can't, I feel these black players get put in a position where they're, 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 they're cowered by the club to, Hey guys, go back on the pitch. I'm not buying that argument. I think these guys genuinely say, you know what guys, this really sucks, but come on, let's be above this and go out there and play and try to get the three points. And I, I do believe that. I don't necessarily think it's peer pressure when you see these situations. But that's not what they're saying on soccer Twitter. Regardless, definitely think stronger action has to be, t has to be you know, you know met it out. I don't know what you do with the fans in the case of Liverpool after their match with Real Madrid yesterday. A lot of, some of the Liverpool players were subjected to some pretty disgusting racist taunts on, on Instagram. Yeah, you know, they're, I guess Instagram and Facebook are working on, you know, the usual investigation, you know, put people in, you know, Facebook or Instagram jail. But I know, you know, it's really unfortunate, you know, that with all the attention that's been, that's been brought out since, you know, this wave of activism among players, we're still dealing with it. And, you know, I think that a lot of folks, as I, was, as I spoke about last week, you know, not wanting to kneel anymore at soccer matches because they feel it's hollow. And, you know, you're seeing examples of that here. Okay. So another cool thing that, that you know, give the U.S. some props. They're going to implement the concussion substitute rule. Hopefully the rest of the world, you know, follows suit. But, you know, they were to allow two extra substitutions with the three, you know, in case of head injuries, you know, obviously there's probably going to have to be somebody independent that, that can verify that so teams don't, you know, try to get cute and clever. But, you know, we'll just look past that part and just say this is a, a wise move for player safety and, you know, assuring, you know, competitive integrity. Yeah? Okay. Remember Bill this week? Let's talk about the Halan file. Yeah, that scoring machine. Well, I guess the word is he was spotted in Barcelona with, you know, Mr. Mr. Inola, the super agent. And the word is Barcelona can have them have him, Mr. Halan, for 212 million. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting, especially, you know, and I'll get into that to a in a second with BBV's struggles right now 
whether or not that happens, you know, especially given all of the uh, mess that's gone on with that club, even though now that they've had their elections, seems like they're on a more firmer footing. You know, a quick sidebar here is, you know, this idiot that has an LAFC page talking all this nonsense about that. PSG wins. I'm going to delete my account and not watch soccer again. I'm like, well, because we have Mbappe and Neymar, but it's okay for someone to draw for Barcelona to, to, to take Mr. Halan for $200 million? Come on. Come on, people. You know, big money's going to happen. And with these next-gen talents like Mbappe and Mr. Halan, it's going to cost. It's going to cost big money. And, you know, stop, stop with the hypocrisy that PSG and, and the Man City started this stuff. This was going to happen. You know, the most popular game in the world is not going to get, you know, steamrolled by big money. You know, I've talked about this a million times. I think it's really cool that um, here in San Diego, possibly, out of this mess out of Sacramento that I told you a few weeks ago, how they're, you know, the pandemic caused them to have second thoughts and they, they're pulling away from an expansion bid. Now it seems that, you know, there's this big thing going on with San Diego State and uh, stadium that uh, complex seems like a great idea to put a, a MLS team there. I'm for it. And if this gets on the fast track, I think that'll be cool. You know, it'll be interesting to see because Zolo is the competition. And but I do believe that if you put an MLS team there, the San Diego and LA rivalry, I think it'd be pretty cool. I think folks will be really excited to make the trip back and forth. And the fans, I think it's a good thing there. Still, you know, me personally, given what's been going on in Phoenix, I think Phoenix before San Diego, but a nice stadium down there could be a good, you know, revenue generator. We'll have to see what happens there, but I think San Diego or Phoenix. Okay, folks, let's get down and dirty. The UCL. We're in the quarters now, and I talked about the, the, the nasty stuff with Liverpool and the Los Blancos as far as some of the fan reaction, but hey, man, the Reds got slapped around. Is Mr. Sidon and crew, are they back in champagne form? Sure looked like that yesterday. Um, you know, very solid. I thought uh, Manchester City and speaking of BBV, BBV had a late flurry. I think they got kind of uh, robbed there, a little controversial. But they get the 2-1, but City gets the 2-1 win at the, at the odd. And uh, yeah, they looking good there. T today, you have Chelsea easily taking care of Porto and getting two goals, uh, two away goals. So they're looking good, heading back to Stamford Bridge. And then, in the uh, marquee matchup, a replay of last year's Champions League final, you've got PSG and Bayern Munich going on in a, in a classic thriller in the snow in Munich this afternoon, or well, evening there, but this afternoon. Bayern bosses PSG pretty much for the 90 minutes plus. I mean, what was it, like 31 shots? to, you know, five, you know, it's something crazy like that. And the way, but somehow, PSG behind that man, Mr. Kylian Mbappe and his brace, and another goal, you know, from, from, from the captain, Marquinhos, they came away with a 3-2 win, three away goals for Paris. Huge. I mean, no only for 
Byron Munich, and that's a big thing. Had he been out there, who knows how many goals Byron would have scored, but he's not. But Verratti isn't there for PSG. Marquinhos got hurt early, the PSG's best defender, right? Without Verratti, without Marquinhos, yeah, you know, folks, it's, you know, not, obviously Lee was one of the best strikers, but PSG is a different team when Verratti's on the field. Not to mention, you know, Marquinhos and Paredes is out as well. So, I don't know who has the advantage. Because let's face it, Bayern Munich, there's some badass boys. But I think Paris has to feel good going back to Paris for the next tie, having with three away goals. Yeah, it was a great match. If you were neutral, exciting stuff in the snow in Munich. Um, okay, so let's go around the world here. Well... Oh, yeah, you know, we give, we'll give some props to Real Sociedad for winning the uh, Spanish Copa del Rey, the 1-0 win over Atlantic. Go to the UCL. Not the UCL, excuse me. We're just sloppy all over the place today. Let's jump to La Liga. Remember when Atletico Madrid was running away with this race? Remember that? And we were just, they were like up by double digits. Well, with Barca winning on Monday... And Sevilla beating Atletico Madrid at home, and Los Blancos winning at home as well with a clean sheet, a clean sheet over Ibar. La Liga is a three-horse race heading into this weekend's El Clasico. Barcelona, with 65 points, clearly on track to possibly be on top of the table when we talk again next week. Crazy stuff there. Um, EPL. Ten men, Chelsea, as they won today, as I told you over Porto, but they finally dropped the match in the league, and that probably has a lot to do with them focusing more on today's match. But nonetheless, it was a weird 5-2 loss at home to West Brom. City cruising on their way to reclaiming the title. The Reds crushed the Gunners at the Emirates, and you know, United pocketed its three points. And the Spurs continue their stumble with a draw at Newcastle. You know, speaking of PSG, as far as League One goes, they suffered a very troubling loss at home to Lille. I know a lot was being put on today's match, but still, this is a big match as well because PSG's in the fight of their life as far as winning the League One title. Neymar was sent off after losing his cool in the match, which caused a lot of people to... Once again, jump on him for his immaturity. I thought he was provoked myself. Yeah, he was a little B, but I think that, you know, the re the extra yellow and sending him off when he was provoked was a little bit harsh, and hopefully the suspension gets rescinded so he can play in the next ma league match and also uh, the uh, league cup final. You know, But PSG slips to, to third. Lyon leaps over, Lyon leaps over them, and Monaco is nipping at their heels. Great to see that, you know. Or, or is PSG too focused on, on Champions League and not enough of the league? Probably so, but it's been a rough year, you know, so I've chronicled, you know, with COVID and injuries. And, you know, not to, not to take away from winning League One, which is always great, and we always want that. And I say we because I'm a fan, but, and they are one of the big clubs that people keep an eye on, so it's not like I'm being a homer here. But what I will say about, the, you know, about, about the whole thing with PSG is, let's face it. It has been Champions League or bust for a while. You know, they've got plenty of League One Cups, and they want they want this one, too. They want to put this away. But their emphasis has to be on Champions League. It's just, you know, the whole 
mission of of the, the PSG project going back to when the you know QSI took over in 2011 as the win Champions League. So I can't really fault them if somehow they have come they come away not winning league win. But of course their fan base, which is like most big clubs in the world, so uh, insufferable and psychotic. Yeah, they're not cool with it. Ooh, we're we're jumping along in this in this segment. Syria, amazing trends in that league as well. Remember when it looked like AC Milan was on the verge of reclaiming its position, or possibly when it looked like Juventus would find its way back to the top and put another Scudetto away. Well, well, well. After Juventus and the Rossoneri both had draws, and then also Inter and Juventus playing today, and then both picking up wins. Guess what? Inter has a double-digit lead over the rest of the pack. So it really looks like Juventus' stranglehold on Serie A is coming to an end. I mean, I think Mr. Lukaku and, and, and his boys, I think they're going to walk away with this guy out. And we're going to have a new champion. I mean, what was it? Nine in a row for Juventus? So that's good. Kind of, kind of uh, sad to see AC Milan fade. You know, obviously... With Ibra over the right, always had a soft spot for AC Milan. But yeah, congratulations, Inter. Looking really good there. The Bundesliga, after Byron's 1-0 win, win at Leipzig, they have a modest 7-point lead over the Red Bull crew. I mean, I think the bigger story coming out of the Bundesliga is that even with the sought-after goal-scoring goal machine, Mr. Halan, Borussia Dortmund, after its 2-1 loss at Frankfurt, are really in danger of missing out on both European competitions next season. So we obviously know, if that happens, say goodbye to the Wonder Kid. Yeah, I think the same could be said for Mönchengladbach and Leverkusen as well. Then we have CONACAF resuming. Which I'm watching right now, I told you earlier, that the, with the Union getting a big 1-0 win, got a little bit ugly at the end of that. Right now, I'm watching Lyon and Toronto with Lyon having a 1-0 lead in the 49th, about to be 50th minute. Yesterday, we saw the Timbers and Marathon play to an exciting 2-2 draw. A lot going on there. Can't wait to see what happens in the reverse tie. And then you had 10-man Atlanta United edging by the Costa Rican side. Not even going to try to pronounce that, but that was 1-0 penalty there. Philadelphia getting the big win earlier and looks at Toronto down. So we have the defending champ Columbus Crew playing tomorrow as far as CONCACAF Champions League. FS1, y'all should be watching this, man. I tell you, it's one of the great competitions in this hemisphere and the more people that tune in and see how cool it is, we can get an MLS team to the Club World Cup. Almost, you know, LFC, LAFC almost did it this past year, you all need to be watching this. FS1, folks, in the evenings. It's on right now. There'll be a match later on, so tune in. All right, folks, that was a lot. We will be back with the NFL Report and TMA time to close it out.
right, folks, welcome back. Wow, I spoke too soon. What a wonderful goal that was. Toronto and Lyon now 1-1 in the 52nd minute. Stay tuned as far as that goes. Like I said, people, tune in. Yeah, it's been a crazy day with uh, all these big these Champions League matches. And I had a big interview in between all of that. And then sitting here, like, watching the end of the uh, PSG the uh, Bayern game. And like looking at my watch and like, man, you know, I got to be prepping for this. But you know, so much suspense. And then, you know, I get through all of that. More interviews. And then, uh, Kevin Grief, I've got, you know, get this podcast recorded and put the other one together. And, like, do a review of that. Luckily, I get to watch Champions League in the background. So, anyway, fun, 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 fun Wednesday. Even if it's overcast, we're rocking and rolling, rock and rolling over here in Boom Talk Studios. All right. Let's not play around here. Let's get out of here. Let's get the NFL report. So, you know, this Deshaun Watson thing. Remember what I told you about it not being a stinky that was stinky that turned into a stinky diaper. Well, dude, this is no longer a stinky diaper. This is becoming a full-on colon eruption. Yeah, I mean, you've got a criminal case now. You've got women coming out publicly identifying themselves. You have Nike and Beats by Dre ending or suspending sponsorship deals. This young man's in a mess. And you went from, you know, being highly sought after to teams sitting there like going, well, damn, you know, maybe with all this mess, when he clears it, his value will go down and we can get him reasonably. Because you know, based on this, what's happened with Mr. Raj in the past, homie's going to do some sitting. And you know, a lot of teams looking at this guy, you want this perv, you know, guilty before, you know, don't make him guilty before everything gets played out. But boy. In terms of damaging your brand, yeah, this is it. We'll be keeping an eye on this, but I'm going to tell you, it is not looking good. As I told you in the beginning, that, you know, and I, he has his people that are trying to defend him and calling this a railroad drop. But the more information comes out, and, and it, yes, again, I said earlier, I do not like these knee-jerk reactions by sponsors and things like that, but I'm also always aware of, you damaging the brand, baby. Uh, 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 uh. We'll be keeping an eye on that. Another one to keep an eye on. What do you think about Mr. Spanos's sister just saying, you know what, man? I'm going to the court in an attempt to make you sell this team. You know, you got out of San Diego, gotten this weird thing, you know, deal with the Rams where we were over there in Dignity Health Park, which I really is the home. You know, we're the Galaxy play, okay? <laughs> you know, what, seats, what, 27,000? You know, it's been a fiasco, you know, I think for the rest of the family. And, you know, just the, the money that probably will come in, you know, this pandemic obviously has killed them. And she's just like saying, why are we doing this? You know, my money's taking a hit on this thing. Even that's how you, you know, obviously you're wealthy, but you've made a lot of money in the time that your family's on the Chargers. But she's just, you know, ready to force that. Says, Let this be somebody else's headache. You know, I just want to, like, have my money and live fat. Can't blame her. We'll be keeping an eye on this one for sure, too. Then the big news, as far as trades go, well, what about Sam Darnold being traded to Carolina for a modest three picks? I think it's a six 
in this year's draft, and a second and fourth next year. Not quite for the haul that people thought he was going to go for. Probably sounds about right. Is this a good move, and, or have the Panthers ensured mediocrity for the next couple of seasons? I've heard varying you know, opinions on that. You know, some people say think this is Tannehill 2.0. Some people just say, nah, this, this, you know, look at the tape of the kid when he was at USC, that he's got some skills, but he ain't the guy to, like, lead you to the promised land. Good for Carolina. I'm glad my team didn't make that move because there was a lot of talk that they were going to give up some of their defensive pieces. Good luck with uh, your next phase of your career in Charlotte there, Mr. Sam. Then we have the owners approving Mr. Snyder's buyout of his minority partners. Can we finally say there may be peace in the nation's capital? He may be a bad owner, but I felt, you know, the attempts to wrestle the cup away from him, I wasn't down with it. You know, I'm not his biggest fan. That team has been crash another team that I obviously follow as you know if you follow this podcast but you know I wasn't for the way you know if you want you know, if, if the links if it, a lot of owners out there have committed as many sins if not more than Mr. Snyder I mean yeah running the team into the ground is a pretty bad sin but others have done that as well I think that as possible we might be seeing you know a new day in the nation's capital so good that the people that wanted out, got out, got paid. Everybody can move forward. You know, nothing wrong there. Um, let's see here. What else do we have here? Well, uh, phone's ringing here, but he's going to have to wait because it's the middle of the podcast. Then you've got, does my man Mr. Rogers finish his career in Green Bay? A lot of talk about that. And... Um, I lean towards that, you know, but on the other hand, when you see with Brady, and I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, and by the way, you know, all this, you know, so much about him doing the Jeopardy thing, you know, I'm like OD'ing on him. But I, I get the feeling that, you know, Green Bay's, you know, it's a mom and pop shop, you know, right? It always has been, you know, obviously... The way the, the league's revenue is set up, they can always be competitive, but at the same time, it wouldn't be shocking that they're already looking at the next phase. And I think that if Rodgers can find the opportunity with the club, because he's obviously still has some good football in him, takes, takes care of himself like Brady. So I'm thinking with that guy's ego, I see him finishing his career someplace else, you know, in the situation opera. You know, it, it's going to be. A divorce where, like, yeah, you know, I love you, babe. I love you too, babe. But, yeah, we're, we're going to have to go in a different direction. And, you know, both are, are going to, you know, live with it. You know, if you could do that with Favre, it could happen with Rodgers. Um, yeah, let's see here. Okay, let's click over to TMA time. You know, we are in the slow part of the NFL cycle, which is kind of good. You know, round this thing off. <sighs> wow. Yeah, this is a big bowl here for a lot of folks. You know, this is the big stainless steel bowl. That's right, Ted McCoy. <coughs> excuse me. Woo, Turd McCoy. You know, that wonderful person in my past that this award's named after, aptly named, you know, people, if the people who somehow are listening to this podcast know who I'm talking about. Carlton Davis, man, 
you get a big stainless steel bowl of the smelly varieties. One for using an Asian, anti-Asian slur, and then saying, you know, it was slang for something else. He didn't know that. Really, bro? Especially you're on the Buccaneers Social Justice Committee. And that's why you get a bowl. It's like sort of that, well, you, you, as somebody who's out there trying to prevent this sort of thing, and I'm not buying you didn't know what the G word meant. I'm not buying it. And, I, and all these people on, and all the keyboard warriors making this a race woke thing, you all get complimentary balls. It's like, come on. Yeah, man. You all just don't know Florida lingo. You're not going to convince me when it comes to dropping the G word and having a clumsy apology like that. Especially if my man, Miles Litter, basically got ran out of the league, you know, basically crying a similar thing, you know, right? Let's not have a double standard here, folks. <laughs> Look at that. The keyboard warriors who bought this guy's story hook, line, and sinker. A lot of bulls around. They're working overtime to get those done. Um, Jeff Gladney of the Minnesota Vikings. With another ugly domestic violence situation. Like, really, dude? Just walk away. Get a hotel room. Don't go smacking your lady around. Throwing away your livelihood. You put the commissioner in the league in a bad place with these ugly situations. Grabbing your women by the hair and dragging them around. This ain't the Flintstones, bro. Come on. Paul Pierce, a given, man. Come on, man. Come on, bro. I mean, you know, and people are right. You know, what you do on your own time is your own darn business. But being a public figure, come on, man. You know, what's the point of showing you, you and your freak show on IG. Silly, silly, silly. And you know what? I'm going to go with Undisputed as well. They all, you know, they have a collection. But, you know, their take on the Masters, which I thought was really garbage. And I love the guy from ESPN pushing back at Keith Olbermann because he gets a complimentary one as well for being an idiot. But, you know, the thing about Aaron Rodgers being the grass, I mean, the first take, right? You know, with, with uh, give them one because... Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, the greatest throw of the football. There's not even a question. What the hell are you people talking about? And I've said it many times. Rings do matter in my book. You know, between between Favre and him, they have, you know, two rings over 30 years, which I mean, a lot of franchises would take. But when you start talking about the greatest thrower of footballs, I mean, heck, you know, I, you know I'm old school, but... Give me Kenny Stabler before that guy, man. You know, I mean, they both have the same amount of rings, but I, 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 I mean, Stabler in this era, it would, it would have a field day, you know? Just come on, man. The greatest throw of the football ever. Yeah, I mean, he does some amazing things in the 7-7 seven, seven football world we're in, but that greatest ever? Come on now. Whew. <laughs> All right, people. I think that's it. You know, it's about a lengthy show. I've got another podcast that I'm about to work on that I already, you know, did the interview for, but I have to do some editing. So I'm going to drop two of these. Look forward to the next episode because there's so much going on that will be following up. The other podcast, The Scene. I know I've been talking ad nauseum about that, but I'm telling you, things are happening. Things are warming up. People are wanting to come on the show. So we're going to do some interesting things here. The FTI and FX brand, it's growing. And we're really about to provide you what we promised from the beginning. You know, some adventures and high fidelity content. 
So in the meanwhile, as always, as we talked about in the opening in the COVID Chronicles, be safe, people. We're getting so close. And because we're getting close and things are opening up, now it's not the time to be stupid because the numbers are up. I guess our governor told us here in this county, y'all don't get your act together. I'm going to lock you back down. We are not out of this yet, even though things are opening up. Fans are back on the stadiums. There are concerts. I watched some great Disco Biscuit stuff last week and loved every minute of it, you know, on Couch Tour. So a lot of cool things are, are happening up there. Everybody be safe so we can have a wonderful summer of stories from the foxhole. Until then, keep it real. Enjoy your adult beverages. Watch Champions League. Enjoy some NBA. And peace out.